0: Welcome to the core here on American Family Radio. Glad to be with you on the program today. Our website is AFR.net AFR.net's our website. We also have our app which is available for you to download the American Family Radio app for uh, our audience there to download and listen. it's free It takes you just a couple minutes to download. We're also live streaming the video on Facebook. We're still in YouTube timeout and it's just eating away at me. If you can't tell, I'm just very upset about it. Um, in such a calm manner, (laughs) Facebook is where we're live streaming. Um, Bobby, there's something in scripture about being hated as Christians. And, uh, it really shouldn't surprise us, should it?
1: As he was persecuted, you should expect the same.
0: Exactly. So, um, A sign that Christians are doing the right thing often means trials or hatred comes their way. So uh, being disliked is not always a bad thing. It can be, but in this case, it's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, Our scripture for the week is Psalm chapter 14. Psalm chapter 14. The fool says in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. Their deeds are vile. There is no one who does good. The Lord looks down from heaven on all mankind to see if there are any who understand, any who seek God. David goes on to say that all have turned away, all have become corrupt. There is no one who does good, not even one. Goes on to say in verse 4, do all these evil evildoers know nothing? They devour my people as though eating bread. They never call on the Lord, but they are... But there they are, overwhelmed with dread, for God is present in the company of right, of the righteous. You evildoers frustrate the plans of the poor, but the Lord is their refuge. The part of this uh, passage I want to point out today is that when, uh, I mean, the way David's talking about the evildoers, David is presenting it in a way that's, that it appears that the evildoers are prevailing. That the that the evildoers, the pagans, that they are overcoming God's people, and in a worldly sense, they 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 were in this uh, in this text here. All have turned away. All have become corrupt. Uh, it goes on to say they talking about the evildoers. They devour my people, God's people, as though eating bread. They never call on the Lord, but. Then David says in verse 5, But there they are, overwhelmed with dread. Overwhelmed with dread. Not talking about the righteous people or God's people overwhelmed with dread. He says, But there they are, the evildoers, they are overwhelmed with dread. he goes on to say, For God is present in the company of the righteous. And so, although it seems our enemies are giddy, our enemies are prevailing, our enemies just have victory after victory, at the end of the day, they themselves are in dread. And and we know as, as once unbelievers, we were all once unbelievers, uh, we know that in the unbeliever's life, things can look rosy, things can look great, uh, evil can seem to triumph, but... Overall, the the unbelieving lifestyle, the the pagan way, leads to emptiness and dread, and we've all experienced it as unbelievers. And we can look out at the world now, and see you see some of the wealthiest, from a uh, from a monetary standpoint, some of the wealthiest people in the world are some of the most unhappy people in the world, um, and that's because our ultimate satisfaction comes from righteousness in. God, So that's our encouragement for today. Jumping into the show, I have a couple stories all revolving around this, uh, this push for corporations to be moral agents in the culture, to be moral agents in the culture. And we've all seen the Disney, um, what's going on with Disney as it relates to the Florida law. There's a couple of the laws around the country that they're trying to weigh in on, but the uh, a lot of pressure came against Disney. They're they're headquartered in Florida, and they um. Uh, the Florida was passing a bill. What 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 I'm going to dub the anti-grooming bill, which uh, prevents s- teachers and school administrators that teach uh, pre-K through three through third grade prevents them and instructs them not to discuss sexual identity. And gender identity nonsense with the young children let's leave that to the parents to explain to their kids you don't even need to be talking about sex with the first graders that's a that's not the role of teachers i mean this stuff should be widely accepted well disney stayed out of it their ceo he stayed out of it he said i'm not going to comment on this well the pressure came from the left it came from the bullies and uh, they just forced his hand. They forced uh, the CEO's hand. And uh, Disney held a, an emergency town hall to appease the LGBTQ employees. Folks, it's never enough. It's never enough. Ask anyone who's capitulated. Ask anyone who's caved. It's never enough. And uh, Disney is a prime example. During the meeting on Monday, Disney CEO Bob Chipik or Chipik reiterated his groveling apology, I'm reading from Breitbart here, over his initial silence on Florida's parental rights bill and promised the company will engage in a more overt LGBTQ activism, including opposing the Texas law that's similar to Florida's that's being introduced in the state of Texas. He says, I and the leadership team are determined to use this moment as a catalyst for more meaningful and lasting change the CEO said at the opening of the meeting, according to a report from the Wall Street Journal. You know, the in a perfect world, in a right world, corporate leaders would, would act as moral agents, but their moral policy would be based on Scripture. Their moral policy would be based on the Bible. But now we have corporations being led by pagans that are trying to act as moral agents when they have no moral code to abide by to begin with. What we are experiencing, and this is not new, this goes back to my grandfather's heydays of the 70s and 80s, fighting against corporate America and the garbage on television. Boycott after boycott we led, many of them very effective, one against Disney, as a matter of fact. Um, but the, at that time, corporate boardrooms were filled with some Christians and, 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 and the companies, while not necessarily all run by believers, they at least had a respect for biblical values to such an extent that if they offended the Christian community, then they would, uh, they would uh, try to appease them. They would try to amend things or they would try to make things right. Well, now we have the same corporations being led mostly, not all, mostly by unbelievers, by people who don't believe in Scripture, they don't believe in the Bible, they don't believe in the same moral code that you and I believe in. And so it, it's a make-it-up-as-you-go philosophy. And, the, and the, that's the problem here is these corporations try to act as if they are some great uh, moral agents of society but you start asking them questions about what they believe, and they don't even know what they believe. <laughs> they know dollar signs, but, but the problem is they go out and they try to speak as if they're moral agents and they have a set moral code, and it's almost like their own religion. But in reality, they don't, they don't have anything to go on. It's make it up as you go, which is why corporations move and shift and shake with the winds of culture which leads them really down a very, very dark path, and that's what you're seeing going on with Disney right now. You know, if I'm if I'm a corporation, if if I were a CEO of a of a private corporation, a a company um, that operates to sell products, provide services, whatever whatever they do, whatever their focus is, AFA's position for a long time has been focus on your business. So if you sell hammers and nails and tool benches, then sell hammers, nails, and tool benches and make sure that you sell the best hammers, nails, and tool benches for the market. But don't start wading into arenas that you have no idea what you're talking about. And that's that's what Disney's doing here. If you're a restaurant, make sure you provide the best food on the block but don't start meddling around in public policy debates that have nothing to do with the restaurant industry. All right? But this, uh, this radical sexual deviancy movement has hijacked almost every corporate boardroom in this country, and uh, that's why an entertainment uh, company such as Disney is meddling around in, in, in childhood education policy that is not their forte. It's not their arena, but they're being pressured to weigh into it, which is why the CEO, um, um, is is falling on the wrong side of the fence here. Uh, moving to, moving to something else. Speaking of, um, agencies and corporations trying to act as moral agents. Uh, let's listen to clip two. This is the uh, Securities and Exchange Commission having a conference call announcing that they are going to begin introducing climate rules when it comes to company financial disclosures. Clip two, let's listen to this.
2: As you've heard, today the commission is considering proposing rules to enhance and standardize climate disclosure. These proposals would require public companies to provide in their registration statements and annual reports, certain information on risks that climate poses to short, medium, and long-term financial performance and on steps the company plans to take to mitigate this risk, such as an internal carbon price if there is one, (laughs) scenario analysis if the company does it, transition plans if the company has them, or targets if the company has set them. Public companies would also disclose governance around climate issues. Besides the disclosures on risk and on the company's response, The proposed rules would require disclosure on current financial impacts and on financial expenditures due to climate-related events and transition activities. Finally, the rule would require disclosure about the carbon footprint through Scopes 1 and 2 GHG emissions and Scope 3, if Scope 3 emissions are material or used as part of a climate-related target or goal.
0: Well, not only is this a big, fat waste of time, making corporations start keeping books on their climate emissions. But this entire, as I've said over and over again, but we're going to keep reiterating the truth, the entire climate change philosophy is a hoax, a complete hoax. Like this entire philosophy of regulating carbon emissions is built on sand, if sand at all. It's more just built on thin air. As Christians, we should want to be good stewards of God's creation. That's a given. I actually don't know anybody who is against good stewardship of God's creation, stewardship of God's creation, keeping earth, his creation, as clean as possible, taking care of it as much as possible, just like we do our own property. So we are called to be good stewards, but this philosophy... Linking carbon emissions with the destruction of the planet is a hoax, and this is where government looks for any and every opportunity to insert themselves into private corporations. And that's what they're doing here. Anywhere the government can find a way to insert themselves into private corporations, that's what they're going to do. So there's two avenues, there's two purposes behind the climate hoax, so don't miss this. The first purpose is to regulate you and me, the private sector. They're doing that now with EPA. The second avenue is to regulate private corporations, such as what the SEC is doing here, all with the goal of government control of every aspect of our life. AFA at the core. will be back in just a few minutes.
3: Jesus answered him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. We live in an era currently where spirituality is in vogue. christ following is not. Some even claim to love Jesus while simultaneously rebelling against his word and encouraging others to rebel similarly. But Jesus said it himself, If you love me, you will obey me. Whoever does not love me does not obey my words. Make no mistake about it. To love Jesus is to obey Him. You cannot love Jesus and disobey Him. If you're living in open rebellion against Jesus' word, you're not following Jesus as He's revealed Himself in Scripture. You're following a God you've created. Listen each
4: weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association.
1: This is Raising Godly Girls Minute with Patti Garibay of American Heritage Girls.
5: Blame it on growing up in a cancel culture of intolerance and unforgiveness. It feels like there is nothing more offensive to your daughter than saying the wrong thing. Consider how you approach important conversations with your daughter, specifically on sensitive topics like gender, sexuality, and identity. You may feel hesitant, perhaps even just plain terrified that you'll say the wrong thing or start an argument. These feelings show you are a compassionate and concerned parent. With Christ, we have the power to overcome this fear and bask in the truth of the gospel. When we speak truth and love, we allow room in our lives for the spirit to move, grow, and influence. Rest assured in the words of 2 Corinthians 12, 9, in our weakness, God's grace abounds.
1: Learn more about empowering girls through the love of God at RaisingGodlyGirls.com.
4: AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio.
5: I knew I was broken, but there was no one that I could tell. Praying felt like I was throwing pennies in a wishing well And I started believing I was cursed to carry this weight I was listing the reasons of why I should walk away Until rain. Your grace found me, unto grace, broke these chains, oh, I didn't know I could be free, Until grace found, your grace found me. I might be looking at a future full of question marks. have to have all of the answers if you have my heart. In you, I'm finding redemption. A little more with every breath. Brand like the morning. And I'll never forget it until the race
0: Welcome back to the core here on American Family Radio. This is Worship Wednesday. And our song there is Until Grace by Taron Wells and Gary Levo- Levox, Levox. Until Grace is that uh, song there for Worship Wednesday. Uh, back to our our guest line. We have a special guest with us. We've covered his story there in Canada, but we have him on the line with us today. Pastor James Coates from the Alberta region or the Alberta province there in Canada. Pastor Coates, welcome to the Corps.
3: Yeah, great. Thank you for having me. Really really excited to be here.
0: Absolutely. We've covered your story in the headlines, and uh, glad to have you on today. Tell our audience a little bit about your background, your testimony, and uh, where you pastor, and then we'll jump into what's been going on in Canada recently.
3: Well, I grew up in Toronto, Ontario, and uh, grew up in a, a non-Christian household and and loved the world, lived for the world, wanted more of the world than I could even get my hands on. And all the while, in my pursuit of it and all that it has to offer, the Lord was allowing my conscience to testify against me. And it was in uh, September of 2003 that I heard the gospel of Jesus Christ and and was under conviction of my sin and recognized my need of a Savior and that Christ is the Savior and that He died and rose again uh, on my behalf. And so I, I laid hold of Him by faith at that point, I was saved. And, uh, and then began to be transformed uh, ever more into his image. Over time, I was given a, a desire to pursue the ministry. Under the ministry of John MacArthur. really, his, his preaching of the Word was very formative in my early years as a Christian, and uh, pursued a training at the Master's Seminary. Uh, in my third year, I was approached by the church that I'm now serving in, here in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, and uh, have been here for nearly 12 years, and have been preaching uh, regularly in the pulpit on Sundays ever since.
0: Well, uh, Pastor, talk about what's been going on in Canada. I know there's some there's been a lot going on the past two years, but your church got in a in a you the the, the government was telling you to shut down your church uh, during COVID, and that was this was going on in the states too, but. Uh, tell our audience what happened with you and the government, and how you refused to back down.
3: Well, we initially, like many churches, did we initially complied when uh, COVID first broke and government restrictions were being implemented. And then in the summer of 2020 was when the the first declared health emergency ended in our province. At that time, uh, through uh, some preaching and and even just some assessing of the way the government was handling the pandemic we were convinced that we needed to open our doors and give it to our congregation to decide whether or not they would attend and we were open uh for worship uh placing no restrictions on our gathering uh, all the way until the next uh declared public health emergency which took place in november and in november 2020 at that point we began to get complaints uh, being uh, levied against us to AHS, that brought AHS, which is our, our health governing body, to our services. They began to come and evaluate our gatherings and what we were doing, seeing that we were in noncompliance. They began to come with the RCMP, which is our police services. And so we had the police and AHS in our building uh, during our services. and And they basically utilized every avenue they possibly could to uh, to get us to submit. They they had obviously the, the threat of law enforcement. They had the threat of fines. And I was fined actually on December 20th, 2020. Uh, they threatened us through the media and just basically publicly shaming us in the court of public opinion. Um, they, they threatened us through the court system by ordering us to comply with their health orders, at which point we could have been held in contempt of court. Mm -hmm. Um, they were, they were not willing to do that at that point in time. And then they used, uh, a tool called an undertaking where I was initially placed under arrest on Sunday, February 7th. And, uh, and was released in that moment and given this undertaking that I never agreed to the terms of, but nevertheless, it was still binding on me the following Sunday February 14th, I was um, asked to turn myself in, which I did on the Tuesday. I was arrested, placed in a cell, brought before a justice of the peace, given a condition of release that required, again, that I comply with the public health orders. I couldn't do that, so I refused to sign that condition. That resulted in me being uh, taken to a maximum security prison, where I was held for 35 days until the terms of my release were adjusted in a way that would not prevent me from shepherding the flock. Uh, we came, I came out of prison. I had one service where, again, the police and AHS sought to get inside our building after not even trying during my imprisonment. And uh, and we kept them out through Section 176 of the criminal code that would prevent them from interrupting our service. And uh, and then they they locked our building. They, they They seized our building on that Wednesday, which was like April 7th, as I recall. And they uh they, they took hold of our building, put three layers of fencing on our property, uh provided twenty four seven security surveillance and forced us to go underground where so we began to uh have our services uh in, in undisclosed locations all around our um our province and uh and and we're able to worship the Lord together until we received our building back. On um, January or sorry, July 1st, which is Canada day. Our first service was the 4th of 2021, which was obviously your independence day. And, uh, and we've been in our building ever since there was another emergency declared again at the end of September, but, uh, instead of seeking round two with us, they opted to leave us alone, which I'm sure was a, a, uh, politically calculated decision.
0: Yeah. James, let me ask you this. Who? Where was your legal counsel from? Who was your legal counsel? You had to have attorneys.
3: Yeah, so we had uh, there's a, a group called the Justice Center for Constitutional Freedom, JCCF, and so we had a lawyer from the JCCF named James Kitchen, a tenacious uh, Christian uh, lawyer who was instrumental in helping us through the the early goings of everything. I had another lawyer later added to my. Uh, to my team, Leighton Gray, also connected to the JCCF, but independent of, and uh, and he's my lawyer at present. There are still some outstanding issues that need to be resolved, though nothing that will result in anything significant should we lose.
0: One, one last question I want to ask you is, and let's make our Christian audience a little uncomfortable. I think that's a good thing every once in a while, make our audience a little uncomfortable. Talk about... In your book, you talk about non-compliance. Tell our to t- talk uh, expound on that. When we talk about non-compliance in the era of government overreach into religious uh, freedom, talk about non-compliance and is it appropriate at any time in the believer's life?
3: Well, I think we understand that. We we see that in the life of the apostles that there comes a point where it's time to obey God, not men. We see that in the life of. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We see it in Daniel's life as well, and so it's it's obvious all Christians recognize if they're reading the Bible that there comes a point when uh, we cannot comply with the governing authority, and 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 so God vs. government, the book that uh, myself and Nathan Buzans have written, provides a, a theological framework to be able to determine when that is. And the reality is this that. All authority has been given unto Christ. He declares that Mm -hmm. in in Matthew 28. And, And then he delegates that authority to particular spheres of authority, the government, the church, the home, and even the individual. And that means with that delegated authority that there is a purpose and limits placed on that authority. And so the government has not been given a totalitarian authority To basically rule every other sphere of authority, they've been given a specific authority that is limited to their sphere, and they need to recognize and honor the other spheres of authority. When they begin to transgress into those other spheres and begin to affect the sovereignty of those spheres, and even then begin to either forbid what God commands or command what God forbids, it is an obligation at that particular point to to defy them and to do so humbly and graciously and 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 thoughtfully and, and solemnly but nevertheless to to be obedient to Christ and and refuse compliance to their uh, evil edicts.
0: You know that's a good point, Pastor Coates, because some some Christians view government as the final authority, and uh, but but we as Christians we don't view that same level of, of authority with any other scenario or any other uh, jurisdiction, if you will. For example, we don't say, well, you've got an abusive spouse. we don't say, well, the husband has a final authority and you just got to stick it out. No, we don't do that. We go the husband should be should use his authority properly uh, to care for his family and his wife uh, through a biblical lens. Uh, we don't apply that blanket authority, no questions asked, do what they say. Uh, to really any other situation, so we shouldn't apply it to government either. Um, Tell our audience about how they can find out more about uh, your work, about your church there in uh, Canada.
3: Well, our our website is gracelifechurch.ca. Our sermons are available there. We also have a YouTube page where you can find our sermons as well. And uh, as far as the book, God vs. Government, it can be accessed uh, through really any avenue that you would typically buy a book, and and that book doesn't just provide a theological framework within which to understand when the government has reached beyond its sphere of authority, but also tells the stories of both Grace Community Church, John McCarthy, and everything they went through in their battle with the governing authorities, and and a a really comprehensive, clear, and detailed uh, story of what I went through and what we went through at Grace Life Church. And so even the stories themselves are incredibly compelling because I take you in our story from start to finish, through everything that we went through, what I went through personally, the difficulties that I faced, how challenging it was for me. And what I think you'll see in that is that the 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 strength of the stand that we took clearly comes from Christ because my weakness is on full display. Mm. And so I would encourage folks to 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 lay hold of that and and let it be something that ministers to them and prepares them for what Seems to be clearly on the horizon, not just here in our country, but certainly in yours.
0: All right, Pastor Coates, God bless you. Keep fighting and uh, stand courageous. God bless you. Thank you for coming on.
3: God bless you. Thanks for having me.
0: All right, folks, that's Pastor James Coates out of Canada. Billy Graham once said, Courage is courageous. I'm sorry, courage is contagious. When a brave man takes a stand, the spines of others are stiffened. And I think you could say the same about Pastor Coates, uh, encouraging other believers around the country, around the world, uh, to to have courage and to stiffen their spines against injustice and unrighteousness in the world. Moving to um to the Supreme Court uh, hearing that we hearings that we have going on uh, this week, and we're going to have on Philip Jaregi tomorrow. Uh, to talk about uh, the Supreme Court pick by the Biden administration, uh, Judge Brown. I'm sorry, Judge Jackson. Um, Kitanji Brown-Jackson is her name. There's hearings going on in the Senate Judiciary Committee now. Well, yesterday she was questioned about several things. One of the things that just shocked me when I heard it was one of the senators questioned the uh, the judicial pick or the judicial nominee as to what... Uh, if she can say or define the definition of woman. Uh, This is actually Senator Marsha Blackburn of Tennessee questioning the judge. Let's listen to uh, Judge Jackson on whether she can define the term woman.
6: Can you provide a definition for the word
5: woman? Can I provide a definition? Mm -hmm. No. Yeah.
6: I can't. You can't?
5: not in this context i'm not a biologist
0: there you have it (laughs) i can't help it clip speaks for itself bobby yes it does (laughs) the clip no i can't for itself
4: what context are we speaking of judge
0: yeah what context is if that's going to change the answer uh in their world it probably will change the answer folks um this is what we're up against Total rejection of God's created order. These are not dummies. They're not illiterate. They're not non-versed on the issues. These are lawyers, judges that have been to law school for a long time. They know better. But they have bought in to the secular view that there is no God, and that man makes all the rules. That's what's going on there. She knows, Judge Jackson knows the definition of a woman. She kn- she knows the biology is evident. But her secular ideology will not allow her to admit that. She knows what she's doing, so we don't need to give her any slack. AFA at the core. We'll be back in the last second.
7: Hi, this is Steve Tiber with 8 Days of Hope. As many of you know, Hurricane Ida devastated Louisiana in August, making landfall as a Category 4 hurricane, leaving thousands of families in need of hope. Do you know it's been three years since Eight Days of Hope deployed on a rebuilding trip where we help hundreds of families rebuild their homes for free? But today I've got some exciting news. We're announcing that Eight Days of Hope 17 is going to take place in Laplace, Louisiana from April 9th through the 16th, bringing hope to those who are feeling hopeless. We're going to be doing roofing and drywall painting and so much more. If you'd love to use your gifts to serve those in need, go to our website, 8daysofhope.com. As always, it's free to volunteer with us, food and lodging are provided. And again, if you're looking to be the hands and feet of Jesus, join us in April when we go to La Paz, Louisiana, during 8 Days of Hope 17. Again, for more information about this outreach or any arm of the ministry, go to 8daysofhope.com. That's 8daysofhope.com.
4: A Moment of Truth with Gary Bryden of the Association of Independent Methodists.
1: Forget the show. We're not talking about a movie or TV show or a stage play, but how we interact and serve God. God wants us to communicate and serve Him, but not as a show off so others can say how great and spiritual we are. He welcomes fasting along with prayer, but does not welcome a show in which you make yourself look ashen or gaunt as if you're really suffering for Christ. He welcomes your gift, but not a bragging or showy display. He welcomes public prayer, but not in a showy way that calls attention to yourself. He seeks prayer that is personal and fervent. Jesus wants our company and service, but not our hypocrisy. The
4: Association of Independent Methodists, like-minded congregations doing together what can't be done separately. Visit aim2020.com. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the core on American Family Radio.
0: Welcome back to the core. Here's the number to call into the show with your question, comment about the topics discussed today on the show. 888 589 589 8840 is the number to call in. That's 888 Four zero is the number to call in to the show today. Go ahead and call in. We'll be glad to take your questions or your comments about the show today. Bobby, we were talking during the break, and you believe that uh, Judge Jackson knows what's going on here, but she intentionally didn't answer, but it may not have boded well for her.
1: Exactly, and Marty, Marty summed it up perfectly. She was boxed in, she had nowhere to go, and she didn't want to alienate the far left. Yep. I mean it's as simple as that.
0: So. Yeah, I mean you 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 either recognize God's created order, give the clear definition of woman which is mm. a female. Mm. Amen. Um designed created by God or you do which sh- or you you try to act as if female is some fluid term right. that can be whatever feelings. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> or you don't answer and she didn't answer no, and she did uh, not. that was definitely not the place to <laughs> to no, land no. because in uh, legal proceedings if you can't recognize a clear definition such as woman and have it as a set definition which god did in genesis mm. and other parts of scripture then what other parts of the law is she is she treating as fluid mm. as changeable depending on how she feels on a given day uh, we just can't have judges that operate in that manner.
4: Yeah. And how does she define the rule of law?
0: Yeah. Yeah. She's going We're, to have to do that. Yeah. Does many, she look many, many to the Constitution? Yeah. Or does she just look to how she feels one day? Or fluidity. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. All right. 888 589 8840. 888 is the number to call in to the show. Back to a few other things I want to get to before we jump to the phone lines. The. Uh, I've got this story out of Fox talking about how some Democrats are, are really stuck. They don't know where to go because they're upset about the whole transgender nonsense and Will Thomas, the dude from university of Pennsylvania swimming in the women's uh, swim meets still in all their, their medals. And, um, These Democrats who who typically fall right along uh, ideologically with the Democrat Party, but they're not with the Democrats on this transgender issue because even Democrats know that God created us male and female. They know that. It's evident. And uh, the parents of these young women are upset because this dude, this guy, is stealing all their trophies uh, because he is suffering from gender dysphoria And uh, and wants to swim with the girls on the swim team. So Democrats are having a hard place, having a hard time deciding where to go politically. Well, I can give them some guidance. Just come over on our side. Come over on our side, the side of sanity, the sign of the side of recognizing God as creator and recognizes his recognizing his word as our lamp, as our guide for life. Come on to the side of sanity. We'll be glad to embrace you, even though we may not agree on everything. And uh, that's why so many of these issues really should cross party lines. So many of these issues should cross party lines. The issue of life. All men and women are created in the image of God and are worthy of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. You would think that D's and R's and I's and all the other political parties could agree on that and go, yeah, let's champion behind that because that's for the best interest of everybody. Uh so that's something that should be uh, uniform. Also this uh gender nonsense should be something that many of us agree upon across party lines. Um so if the Democrats don't like what's going on, the voters I'm talking about, uh there are other options in this country. There are other options in this country and I'm not just talking about Republicans. I'm talking about uh, independents or non-affiliated uh, members running for elected positions. There are a lot of options in this country. Triple eight five eight nine eight eight four zero is the number to call in. Eight 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 five eight nine eight eight four zero is the number to call in. Let's go over to Sean in Oklahoma. Sean, welcome to the core.
8: Hey, thanks for taking my call. I'm a first-time caller. Just wanted to to I kind of make a comment. Had kind of a question um i have got a neighbor who is a sex offender uh just recently got caught with child pornography on his phone and it seems to me that the judicial system in oklahoma is very i I call it weak Uh, he got 10 years suspended under the uh, supervision of the department of corrections along with he's got to register for the rest of his life as a sex offender Now, uh, I have contacted my senator, uh, Zach Taylor, over this. Uh, There's been several things. Because my question is, is how far can he be away from my children? Um, He can be 2,000 feet from a church. I mean, excuse me, a school, a daycare, uh, anything like that. But what about my kids? I can throw a baseball and hit his front door. door. Mm -hmm. Um, Well... uh,
0: Yeah, well, Sean, I don't know Oklahoma law intimately enough to tell you. uh, I live in Mississippi to tell you uh, the distance there or the regulations there. But what I can say, and I'll let you go and, and, and try to shed some light on this. What I can tell you is we need judges who respect the law and respect the innocence of our children and don't go light on the people you're talking about. That's what we need. We have sentencing guidelines in this country, some of them good, some of them not good. But what Judge Jackson did in nearly every single case when she was dealing with a a child predator is she went below, not below the sentencing guidelines, she went below even the prosecutor's recommendation. And some of these prosecutors are uber-liberal. Soft on crime, and they recommend something that is even lower uh, than the sentencing guidelines. And Judge Jackson went even below the prosecutor in uh, sentencing these child predators. So this is very disturbing. And uh, we don't need judges like Judge Jackson on the bench deciding cases that involve the innocence of our children. And she also called Judge Jackson also called um, an 18 year old and an eight year old peers. Because the 18-year-old, in this case that Senator Hawley brought about, uh, the 18-year-old was preying on the 8-year-old. And Judge Jackson, in some of her writings and some of her commentary from the bench, called those two peers. And as we know, not only from a legal definition, but from a biblical and moral position, they are not peers, especially when it comes to sexuality. They are absolutely not peers. But but see, the people who reject God— they don't have a set moral standard, and this is why the, it ebbs and flows. Whatever they're feeling for the day, whatever they're feeling for the month, that's what they go with. That's what they go with. Which is why some of them have even tried to justify, have attempted to justify underage a sexual intercourse with, with an adult and a and a young person in their in their not only in their teens but in their seven, eight, nine, ten. They've tried to justify that. These are the same folks that are doing the drag queen uh, garbage at our libraries. It, it, they are about the sexualization of our children, the sexualizing of our children, and it's absolutely morally bankrupt. And if you think you haven't heard of this before, go back and read Scripture. Go back and read Scripture of cities and people groups uh, that reject God and, and embrace very sexually deviant behavior. It never bodes well. In the long run. Going to uh, Mark and the state of Texas. Mark, welcome to the court. Hello. Hey, Mark, you're live on the air. What you got, man?
6: Oh, yes, sir. Uh, Thank you. Um, I am a physical therapist, and I think you'll be happy to know when I do home health and I speak to my patients and uh, introduce you to them, a lot of them actually know your program and your radio station. So I think you'll like to hear that. Anyway, the reason I'm calling is because uh, what happens in the United States, I've been here 33 years, has been alarming to me. When you are the country that everybody looks up to in the world, such mm. as where I come from, the Philippines, okay. and we see this deterioration in this country, it has a big impact on other nations, such as where I come from, and it's alarming. Mm. Now, this nominee... the Supreme Court. It's shocking that she cannot or or refuse to define a woman. I think it's an indication of how badly it's going to be for this nation if she is confirmed. Mm. I just want to express that opinion. Thank you.
0: Hey, man, you're, you're spot on, Mark. Appreciate the comment about how many people listen to the show. That's encouraging. You know, sometimes I think it's just Bobby, Richard, and Marty that listen to the show because they're forced <laughs> to listen to the show. Uh, but we got some great listeners out there and uh, get, get a lot of good feedback about the show, so appreciate that. Uh, but you're spot on, Mark. Uh, you said you're from the Philippines, immigrated 30-plus years ago. And uh, you're right. America's um, moral status is important for the world stage. It is important important on the world stage. And, you know, as as unfortunate as it is, our leaders can be serving. uh, We can be judged. God can use our leaders to judge our country, to judge our nation. He has done this in the past. Everything in Scripture is very applicable, is still applicable today. And so God can use leaders to judge a nation he can put bad people in charge of of nations to serve as a punishment to those people and so uh judge jackson and others could be serving as that judgment on our nation we don't wish that upon our nation that's not what we desire uh but when a people rebel against god it's not in our hands anymore when a people rebel against god god can issue judgment Uh, as he sees fit as his will desires and uh, sometimes that can come in the form of placing evil leaders evil people who who um, don't serve in the best interest of humanity putting them in places of power and influence this has happened all throughout human uh, history and uh, nothing's changed uh, as far as how God operates from the very beginning uh, jumping into one or two more calls, we'll go down to um, and, and the, the the theologians out there that are saying, things have changed. Walker, Jesus came. I understand that. God is still the same God, though, uh, that he was in Genesis. He's still the same God today. His character doesn't change. Uh, Tony in Indiana, welcome to the court.
8: Hey, thanks for uh, taking my call. I appreciate your show.
0: Thank you brother. What's I, I, what's on your mind today?
8: I don't get the woman being asked the question that she can't figure out that all it takes is for her to say that a woman is a human that can give birth. Mm. I mean, seriously, come on. Yeah, if she's I, a woman. She needs not be an explanation. She's not a scientist. No, it doesn't matter. I mean, she's a female.
0: Yeah, that's all you got to say. It's a female hum, human being. That's the definition of a woman. A female human being. And their biology, their genetics, their DNA—everything is designed in the order of Genesis, and that is that they are female. And their body, and their makeup, their physical makeup, and everything else uh, reflects that, as does men. Uh, good comments, Tony. And uh, these folks—these are the experts. This is what's makes me uh, quite cynical sometimes. These are the experts. These are the lawyers. These are the smart folks that we're supposed to um, listen to and adhere to and lend our lives to <laughs> and the rule of law in our country, and you can't tell me what a woman is? And you wonder why people have, in a sense, lost confidence in our system. While they've lost confidence in our system? Um, it's because we have people that are nominees for powerful positions that don't know biology 101 last call for today hey don you got about 30 seconds there in texas what you got
1: i'd uh, like to tell the people in in your audience and everything if they'd read the bible they'd know exactly what's happening because our country is turning to sodom and gomorrah Mm. amen brother if they would if they would just get in there and read the bible you know i i have a person that i talk to all the time and they say oh i can Listen to a preacher last night, he preached for ten hours. I said, Well, what'd he say? You don't you don't have a clue what he says. We go to church and fall asleep, or we're in another mm. world, or we're distracted, or whatever. And I think a lot of the people today don't have a clue about what it's what it's taught in the Bible. It's yes. about grace through faith. In who? Jesus Christ. That's Nothing right. else. And, and I heard a minister say, and it just hit me dead, Twingy eyes. What is your center of life? Hmm. Is it money? Is it women? Hmm. Is it babies? You know, what is it? What is your center of life? If your center of life is the Lord Jesus Christ, you got it made.
0: Amen. Thank you, Mark. Very encouraging words to end the show. As believers... We need to live obedient lives to Jesus Christ and abide by His commands in Scripture. That's first and foremost, and then from that, we can share that truth with the world with hopes and optimism as it relates to their conversion. AFA at the Core, I'm Walker Wildman. We'll see you next time.